This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello. Hey and uh, the reason we are recording in the evening rather than uh, earlier in the day was, of course, because it was Penrith's big media day out at the foot of the mountains. Nick headed out there and Jasper Bruce also headed out there. Welcome. I was out there. I've just gotten back. Long drive through peak hour to get here, but mm. I'm back and I'm on the podcast. I- yeah. I'm surprised I've been asked back after my shameful performance on <laughs> Slow Your Brain. I've been, I've been made aware just how disappointing that was for the listeners. So I apologize, but hopefully they'll... They can find in their hearts to have me back and, and welcome me back. Uh, yeah, well, I think uh, you, you you won the good graces with your first appearance while Nick was overseas. So you had a little bit of goodwill banked up, but you are back. And both of you, of course, were out there today. Uh, Jasper, we'll start with you. Um, what What is the... Because we've seen all these photos of the Broncos, thousands of people at training, surround media scrums surrounding Reese Walsh, all this stuff. But I would imagine the vibe and the sort of temperament is a slight difference at Penrith right now, given just that the fact that they've been there before. And at this point, just all seems very old hat to them. You'd think that, but there were still several thousand people out there at Bluebet Stadium today, uh, rocking up well before 10.30, which is when the Panthers told everyone to to turn up, mostly on that Western Grandstand. It was, I can't fucking either confirm or deny this, but to my eyes, it looked pretty well full that grandstand and people on the hill as well. A carnival atmosphere. I know that phrase is thrown around quite liberally when we're describing our rugby league crowds, but it was a little bit of a carnival atmosphere, just people running everywhere and uh, just keen to get a glimpse of those Panthers. They ran out onto the field to hell's bells as they always do for their home games, which was, as a Panthers fan, did bring up a big big smile to my face. Um, Yeah, like you you would think, Matt, that after four years, this is the fourth time they've done this in as many years, that... You know, maybe people have got work to do or got stuff they have to do on a Tuesday at 10.30, but I don't know what all these people... Do they have jobs? I'm not sure. If they do, they made time to get away from them to watch their team, so that was pretty special. AAP journalist slams Labor government for <laughs> reneging on stadium upgrade. Is that postcode racism? Did I just see postcode racism happen? While simultaneously displaying <laughs> classist rhetoric towards the unemployed people of Penrith. Disgusting. I've never heard such shameful scenes on this show, Nicholas. Inner city elite appropriates <laughs> Penrith culture. I said they made by, time by, to get pretend, away from by pretending to be a Panthers fan for clout. Mm. Yeah, I've been pretending. It's, it's been a ruse for the last twenty years of being a fan. Playing the long game, mate. Playing oh, the long game. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's that. Honestly, <laughs> does surprise me a little bit that there'd still be that much fanfare. But I guess that is good because we did briefly touch on that on Monday's show about how like there is this worry that you can get so much success that you become apathetic towards it. So I'm glad to hear that that hunger is still there from those Penrith diehards. I wouldn't say yeah. it was, I wouldn't say it was apathetic or anything like that, but I would also say it wasn't like last year. Okay. You know? And last year they were coming off a premiership and they were coming off two grand final appearances in the years before, but it was also the first time that they'd been able to have a proper grand final build up at home with no COVID restrictions, mm. you know? So that was always going to be pretty big. And, it just it just can't be the same. The fourth the fourth year that this is happening, it just can't be it can't be as special because it's happened three times before. Something can only happen for the third time once. That's right. That's what everyone keeps saying. Mm. You know, but yeah, there's probably about five thousand people at the at the stadium. There was a probably a bigger media contingent at the media day than last year, but that's might probably because there's only one Sydney club in there this year. Um and all the guy all the guys seemed pretty fun. Like they're, they're like this is all pretty familiar. To all of them, you know, mm. this is all pretty, you don't want to say blase or anything like that, but you know, they've all done, they've all done this before. Yeah. They've all done this before, except for like Luke Garner, Lindsay Smith and Sonia Taruva. Like yeah. apart from that, like literally everyone has been in this position at least one time before. Some of them three times before. Wow. So, yeah. That's a good point. Speaking of things we've done before. Oh, uh, Jasper, would you say the Panthers are arrogant? <laughs> would i personally say that yes you jasper bruce speaking on behalf of the entire australian associated press look i would say not but it's quite possible that both myself and the panthers are arrogant because mm. i feel like i identify you know when you identify with your sports team and their values and things and that, maybe that just makes me arrogant that Perhaps. i don't realize they're arrogant i don't um, even know anymore it is no, just very funny. He's lived the gimmick. Yeah. And now it's consumed him. It's just blurring the lines between fantasy and reality. But, mate, it is so funny to me that, like, 
we are like you mentioned how this some of this stuff we've done before but like, mm. like how are we still getting these exact identical stories that we've had for four years now about oh i can't believe people in sydney are che- aren't cheering for the team from sydney and oh i can't believe these arrogant panthers are getting away with it again and it's like mate like just shut the hell up like surely there's a new angle that that, that these people could push but Instead, it's just the same the same old story. Um, what was the general vibe you guys picked up, Nick, from the players in general as to how they're feeling about this game and whether they're approaching it arrogantly or not? Um, I I, I did not sense any arrogance towards me personally, but mm. maybe that's because I've spent too much time with Jasper and I too have become <laughs> infected with with this disease. No, well, it's like. There's there's a there's sort of an unofficial saying in footy journalism that when it comes to grand final week everything old becomes new again, hmm. you know, and old stories get dredged up and old angles get reworked, and it's okay because it's grand final week, you know, and everything sort of gets a, a bit of a different shine on it once you give it a bit of a spit polish, you know. I think sort of reaching for the well the Panthers are arrogant thing it it to me it just sort of smacks of people being out of ideas of ways to discuss this team, which is understandable because what more is there to say about them and what they're doing other than how great they are? You know, like every sort of angle has been considered and reconsidered and done and redone two or three times over some of them. What else is there left to say, you know? And when you're in that position, you may as well go for something that was the, that was the biggest hit for you, you know? Mm, So that's, I, I think that it's more of a measure of just how long Penrith have been, have been doing this, you know, and just, how familiar we are with just about every single facet of the, of this team and what they've got, you know, like there isn't, there just isn't that much left to say because everything's been said already, you know? It's, it's been really interesting the last few years as a fan of this team and someone that obviously consumes a lot of rugby league media to see how the discourse around the Panthers has changed. Like in 2020, it was almost a similar good level of goodwill, I think, around that team to what the Warriors had this year of this is a team that's been starved of success for a really long time. Everyone's kind of happy to see him do well. Let's just go with it. And then it, it's funny, like after a year of that, they come back and it's almost a bit like, nah, but you had your, you had your go. Like you need to give someone else a go now. That was kind of what it felt because that was when the arrogant stuff sort of started. It was, there, were, there, were, there was a time around, I guess, the start of 2021 when people started having this attitude. And I guess that Raiders game in 2021 where that little rivalry between those clubs started to build up, but it's not a rivalry. Penrith win every well, time. No, but, but you, you know <laughs> a rivalry. I mean? if, I, if, Penrith I love... win, if Penrith win by a thousand points every time, it's not a rivalry. I love the storied rivalry between South Sydney and the Melbourne Storm in Melbourne. It's fantastic. But that that little bit of bad blood between those two teams, then, if not rivalry. When, it's when definitely that's... bad blood. The Ricky Stewart stuff, the, the, yeah. all all that, yeah, and then the, yeah, the yeah. celebrating in the try with the try in the corner that other game. So yeah, yeah, and I think that's where that started to build up between those two teams, and, and I guess that was where this arrogant chat began. But I think, like like you said, Campo, it sort of points to the fact that we've run out of ways to discuss this team or to talk about them because they've been up the top so long, and it even comes down to when we're trying to do our jobs as as the media and trying to tell interesting stories about these players. So many of them have been on this exact stage four times now and it's like how do you keep making that new and i think yeah the arrogant chat is sort of just another um byproduct of that i think it's just their enduring brilliance that team yeah absolutely so, agree oh sorry Nick. yeah it's all right i was i just wanted to ask jasper something else so because this has been going on for so long and the panthers have just won so consistently a lot of yeah. the seasons and the games can kind of run together right so if we were just to consider this season on its own, what are some of the games that really stand out to you as sort of telling the story of the Panthers in 2023? Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good question. I think for me, this year has felt like the gap between their best and their worst has felt bigger than in previous years. I think to that end, that Eels game was a really interesting one. Like I don't think that tells the story of their whole season per se, but I think from a point of like, them feeling fallible this year. Like in, in 2020 and 2021, there are times when I was just like, this team at full strength is never going to lose. Mm-hmm. They're never going to lose another game of football ever. Um, and and I think I didn't feel that way as much this year. And, and it was part of it was the way they started and they had a couple of close losses there. But I guess it just felt a little bit like, 
like when Lisa Simpson, those episodes where she like gets a B or something, and it's like the mm. whole foundations of what we think about this person or this football team are, are up to question, are, are open to debate now. And I think that that Eels game was obviously the biggest, the biggest, um, yeah, the biggest example of that. Um, in terms of actual, in, in terms of other games that probably show that the system has been able to bounce back from that slow start. Like I think that Broncos won at Suncorp, a sort of low scoring grind. And we know that that's a, that's a style of football Penrith have really perfected over the last few years. But I think this season at their best, it has been that grinding football. There've been those games of the Raiders game early in the Manly game. I think back-to-back weeks when they got everything right in attack. And that always does come off the back of good defense for Penrith. But yeah, for me, that Broncos game, I think it was round 12 um, or sort of just pre-origin around then. Um, yeah, I think that was that was a time when I was like, this is a team that is back to its DNA of of low scoring, grinding games. And yeah, I mean, it, it's easy to look at the last couple of weeks and go, oh, but those weren't low scoring, grinding games. But it always does still come off when that, when they score lots of points, mm. it comes off the back of that style of football. So yeah, you know, it's interesting, Jasper. That relays really nicely into something that Nathan Cleary said to me today. So I spoke to him for a yarn that I've got coming later in the week. And I kind of asked him the same question. I sort of said, what sort of stood out to you in games this season? And he said that after that start they had to the year, they actually would ch- they actually changed a few things about how they played, which I thought was interesting because I would have thought that because Penrith's had so much success and they have so much trust in their systems that they would have just relied on those systems to come good, mm. but they didn't. They, they said that he said they tweaked a few things. He didn't tell me what they were. Because, you know, they got a grand final to win and all that sort of thing. But I think that's astute that you've sort of pinpointed that Broncos game and the period around that as to when Penrith really got back on track. Because while I agree with you that this year they probably seem more fallible than they have in past years, right? So they lost that game to the Tigers in Bathurst. That was on April 29th. They've only lost two games since then. And one of them was to North Queensland when neither team had their origin players. And the other one was that one to Parramatta right at the end of the regular season, you know, that's pretty crazy. That's like a, that's a four month period where there's only one loss that you would chalk up as being, but actually, actually legitimate, you know, and even in that loss, they weren't at total full strength because they didn't have Dylan Edwards. In fact, they've only been, they've only at full strength. They've only lost one game all season. All their other losses, they had at least one of their big dogs missing. The only one where they had all the big dogs and lost was against Brisbane in round one. Mm. There you go. There you go, Jasper. Are you panicking? Are you sweating? Well, are you the hating pa- this? What the are you, pa- the how panic, you feeling? How are you feeling the, about it? The panic I'm feeling now has just been offset by the fact you said that myself and Nathan Cleary are on the same wavelength. So any any panic, <laughs> any panic that I had there, man, it's just been completely yeah, drowned out by the ego boost that I just got from that. But in terms of feeling about this game, like, it's an interesting one. Like last year, I think. I actually said it to you, Campo, when we were in the press box before that grand final against Parramatta going, I would be stunned if they won by any fewer than 20 points. Yeah, you were and super I, confident. And super you, confident. Yeah, maybe you said something like, oh, like, come on, man. Like, I know it's a good matchup. But and I was like, no, no, like, this is, yeah. I, I'm so, like, I get nervous before big games for Penrith. And it's a byproduct of them being terrible for so many years when I was a kid and so invested, I think. And I, w- I was not nervous at all. The Souths one, I was a little bit, like, I think there was a lot on the, a lot a lot on the line in that mm. game, having lost the previous decider. Like, what would it mean to lose back-to-back grand finals, blah, blah, blah. And I think this one sits somewhere in between for me. Like, I know Penrith's system can hold up against Brisbane. Like, I know that they're the kind of team that can rebuff that flamboyant attack that Brisbane have ridden to the top this year. But I just... I've seen what happens this year when teams upset them a bit. Like Parramatta game, obviously the chief example there. And yeah, I guess when we talk about that fallibility, I didn't feel that last year for them. And this year, while I'm really confident with the form they're in and the football they're playing, I just know there's that little that little edge maybe that if you, if you disrupt them early, what might happen? And yeah. Interesting. Very interested to see what happens on Sunday. I'm, 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 I'm just bloody excited, boys. I'm excited to be here. That's yeah. the spirit. That's what Grand Final Week's all about, That's Jasper. It. I think it's interesting because it is a little bit comparable to last year, where people kind of said, "Oh, Parramatta are the only team that can match it with Penrith," in the same way that Brisbane are really the only team that have knocked off a full strength uh, Penrith team this year. But mm. also, we all remember what happened in that Grand Final. 
it, it, the, the script completely flipped and Penrith just beat the shit out of Parramatta. And I do think as great as Brisbane have been and as much as we've waxed lyrical about them for a few weeks now, there is a world where like things go wrong for them. They push a couple of early passes that don't come off and it's 14 nil after 20 minutes and the game's over. Like there's a world where that happens. And that's not to say that Brisbane aren't a great team and that they don't deserve to be there. It's just more to everything we've said about Penrith in the last 25 or so minutes, which is just that they're just at a level that I've never really seen before. And you kind of just have to be at your best to not, you might not even win if you play at your best, but you have to be at your best to not get embarrassed. And I think that's kind of where we're at with them. I made the point on yesterday's show um, that Penrith, even if they're not getting better at footy, they're getting better at playing their footy, Mm. you know, and they are so good at at getting their game when when it counts and getting into all their systems and all that sort of thing. And, to your point, Bung is about that grand final last year against Para. Para looked totally unprepared for what Penrith had for him in the first 20 minutes. Like they really did look kind of rattled with yeah. the intensity that Penrith were playing with. And I'm expecting Penrith to sort of start that way again in this game. But I do think Brisbane will be, well, they're equ- they're equipped to match it uh, better than Parramatta, Parramatta were, I think, you know, and I, I, I I do I do take your point that Penrith are playing at this this really really high level, but mm. I also think it's kind of telling that it's been a good while since they were in a fight. You know, they you know pissed it in against Melbourne last week. They breezed through it against the Warriors. They had the game against Parramatta two weeks before, but I again I think that's that's almost that's almost off the record a little bit. Aside from that, they haven't really had like a, a hard tough fight. Probably since probably since that second Brisbane game back in round twelve, all the other ones they've done it, they've done it pretty easy, you know. So for a team that sort of prides itself on its edge and its intensity and how good how well they do in those tough, hard hard nosed grinds, they sort of haven't had to do that in a while. And they have plenty of experience that they have plenty of runs on the board. But I I don't know. I I just think it's telling that you know they're sort of coming into this one. Without having to sort of really dig deep for a win, in 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 some time. Yeah, but like sometimes there's final series where that just doesn't happen. Like there's been fight like Manly, Manly, uh, Manly 08, South twenty fourteen, Melbourne twenty seventeen. Like there's there's some years where that just doesn't happen. You just yeah, win but, three but we're finals talking, games really we're talking, easily. We're talking about half a season now. Mm. You know, that's a really long time to go through without without a game like that. Yeah, and also not having played the Broncos for quite a long time as well. I think part of the reason Penrith could be really confident heading into last year's grand finals, they absolutely wailed on the Eels like three weeks beforehand. Mm-hmm. And not having played the Broncos, that I don't know, I think there's a case to be to be had that the Broncos improved in the origin period. And that's quite a scary prospect given how many outs they always have in that time of year. For them to come back and feel like a stronger team and even to flourish without those guys. Like I think having beaten Brisbane before the origin period, I don't know how much it counts for if you're Penrith and you're doing your work on them this week. Um, and that uh, that kind of frightens me, the prospect of not having had to deal with Reese Walsh, all these guys in such a long time and, and the confidence they've built in perfecting their own game, right? Like this sort of champagne, yeah, again, a bit of a cliche, a footy cliche, but that champagne footy that they've really nailed towards this back end of the season, Penrith haven't been exposed to that. So Yeah, and, and I also do think that the... Like, particularly in the first half, there was like basically Melbourne's left edge did give Penrith quite a few problems, and Brisbane's Brisbane's wide attack is a lot more potent than that than that Melbourne team's was last week. So I think that would be an area that they'll look to exploit. But again, there's also just a world where they don't get those chances because they they don't they can't get on top of the grind, and Penrith are just so disciplined and they don't drop the ball and they don't give away stupid penalties. So there's a world where they just don't get those opportunities. The obviously flip side of that, Jasper, is that Brisbane are better than any other team, basically, at scoring long-range tries or kick-starting attacks from in their own half. How are Penrith equipped to deal with that? Because that is also kind of how Souths have had some success against them in the past couple of years, particularly in that game that they won uh, earlier this in the middle of this year, where they scored those two late tries, both in very... And the, sorry, they had a late line break that didn't result in a try, and then the second one, which was both in very similar fashion, the early spread to that left side in their own half and it worked twice. And I just wonder with Brisbane's ability to sort of cut teams open from anywhere on the field, that's particularly something that Penrith have not had to deal with at all this year. So how do you think they're prepared for that? 
Yeah, I think there's something really chaotic about the footy Brisbane plays in a really good way if you're playing mm. Penrith. Yeah, absolutely. I think to, to beat Penrith, uh, Campo, I think you use the term machine for Penrith. And I think that's a really apt one. I almost think of them as like a robot, right? That it's like, to, you need to disrupt this robot by doing something crazy. And it's it's not going to work by playing set-for-set set footy. And Anthony Seabold actually made that point after the Manly game. That that was sort of a time when Penrith were in a bit of a grind towards the end of the season. And, you know, the scoreboard doesn't reflect that at the end of the game. But you need to... I think Steve said something like, you can't play Penrith... At, you can't beat Penrith at Penrith footy. They're the best team at playing that kind of game. So if you're Brisbane, you need to be disruptive. And the idea of long-range tries, a second-phase footy, that's the stuff that worries me as a Panthers fan. I think Penrith's ability to control the ruck speed is going to be really important in this game. If they can slow it down in the middle particularly, that's going to that's going to really help, I think. But if Brisbane can get a roll on and Reese Walsh can do what he did against the Warriors, it, it's, it could be pretty tough. Um, but the ball's kind of in Penrith's court there where if they can, if they can control the, the pace at which the game is played, you can see that frustrating Brisbane. And I think when Brisbane get frustrated, that's when they start to work against themselves and beat themselves a bit, potentially. Um, but yeah, for me, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to dictating terms in terms of the ruck speed, I think, for Penrith's ability to, to stifle the the flamboyant Brisbane attack. Citing the analysis of Anthony Seabold in a mm. way to beat Brisbane in a grand final, you are going to get death threats, my boy. <laughs> oh, hey, no. He was, he was oh, very... He, Anthony Seabold <laughs> is like better than anyone at getting the Broncos to lose. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I do think though in that game, Manly did sort of lay out a bit of a blueprint of how you uh, could beat Mate, I, I got to push back on you there because... Really? Well, yeah, because they pissed it away by getting in a kicking duel with the yeah. best kick return team in the fucking universe. No, that like, was silly. That part was silly. But, but that's the, that's they... but that's the point. Like, if you're going to beat Penrith in that sort of grind, you have to kind of you have to be pretty close to perfect, you know. And Brisbane yeah. don't Brisbane don't have that sort of stupidity in them to do something that dumb to kick it to Dylan Edwards and Sonia Taruva and Brian Toto in broke in like extremely broken field. No, you know for sure. I mean? Like. Brisbane don't have that sort of idiocy in them, you know. But I don't, I don't, but I don't know if Brisbane, but I don't know if Brisbane can have that sort of full one hundred percent eighty minute application in that sort of grind, you know. So if the game does go that way, it certainly does favor Penrith. But yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know. I think it's telling that nobody in the league has really been able to do that with Penrith for months and months and months now. You know, Parramatta did at the start of the year. South kind of did at the start of the year. Brisbane kind of did at the start of the year. But since then, it just hasn't hasn't really happened. You know, no one's been able to to go with them in that set for set battle that they love so much. It's going to take a lot of mental resilience and application. I think it's going to take an Adam Reynolds. I think it takes someone like that to keep everyone on track for the entire time. Because, like you say, yeah, I think Manly Manly did six out of seven or six out of eight steps in the recipe and then it got to the end where they had to you're gonna say they did about four but let's keep going okay okay well whatever they 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 started the recipe and it was looking like it was going to be a good cake but then they <laughs> then they put too much flour in and too much sugar and i don't i'm not a baker i don't know i could feel that getting away from you as you were saying <laughs> yeah and then and they, they put in too much they uh, put broccoli uh, in the cake and it too tasted much, terrible too much, too much cake stuff <laughs> the cake was too cakey or not cakey enough yeah, well, anyway, the cake didn't taste good in the end. But when they were starting it, you could tell that it had the foundations of a good cake. And I just think that Brisbane are among the best bakers in the NRL. <laughs> what, do you think oh. Reece, what do you think Reese Walsh's favourite type of cake is? Ooh, devil's food cake. I reckon he's a devil's food cake, man. I would bet folding money that Isaiah Yo is like a sponge cake with jam and cream type guy. Yeah, absolutely. There's no, no frills, just get it done. Which um which player on either grand final team would be the best at operating a bakery? Best at operating at, a bakery. At operating a bakery, like as in well, they, the they managerial to... side of things. No, no, they, the they, they, have you ever been to a bakery? That's there's not there's not a great deal of oversight from like a a, a corporate team. You bake you the bread. Get up early, you though. sell the, the bread. That's the thing about bacon. You got to get up at it's like still an, it's still yeah, an it's Edwards. Still Edwards. Still yeah. <laughs> it's still in Edwards. He's up at three a.m. kneading dough, and then he's in the store all day selling it. That it's 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 him, right? I can yeah, see I, Kurt Capewell being pretty handy as well. I I was actually going to say I could say I could see Jordan Ricky being good at it. Okay, would you like to expand on that? <laughs> well, just a, just a hard working fella. Yeah, hard working fella. You know, he's he's 
found a role in Brisbane this year by just all effort and application. And I feel like if you can just apply that same sort of drive He's... to just about any 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 sort of physical labor, I think he could be good at He's it. He's definitely the handsome employee that is working the till when the local member comes in to pose for a photo. <laughs> That's Jordan Ricky. I could say Scott Sorensen being a baker as well. Mm. Liam Martin, no. Liam Martin would definitely be a butcher. Yep. Um, Jerome Luai, I don't think, would do well at the bakery. No, well, he's well, he'd have to wear a hairnet all day. No, and that's true. He wouldn't, like that. you know? he wouldn't like that. Would you go into a bakery that plays drill rap as well? I absolutely personally. Would. Yeah, yeah, I would. Okay. I would. Yeah. There's probably there's probably one in the inner west that does, mate. Let's not kid ourselves. That's probably true, but, actually. Yeah. The yeah. only the only they, reason all the, I all the all the loaves are named after rappers or something. Oh, okay, like I'm back out. Know? I'm back out. I was gonna say, yeah. like, I the music is fine, but to if if you contextualize that in like where me and Campo live, it's like. The only reason that bakery would exist would be to like appeal to like the Instagram hip crowd, not because they genuinely like that music, which means I'm back out again. Yeah. Yeah. It would be specifically tailored to white boys who like rap. So yep. me essentially, which would mm. be great. Jasper, I know it's hard to answer this before the game has happened, but if Penrith do go on and win this, where does it rank for you among the three titles? Like, is the first one obviously the best and everything else is just something else? Like if they win this, they have a fair case to being the best team ever. So does that make this one more important? What's sort of like your, your early gut check feel on, on where this one's going to sit for you if they do end up winning? I I think I think number one is for me at the moment, still the sweetest to go up to Queensland to bounce back from that 2020 grand final where they were they were outshone on the big stage, let's be honest. They were, yeah, they kind of got back into the game in the second half. They were given a lesson in finals footy. They were, and boy, boy, did they go back to school and study hard. <laughs> I think this is my thing when I come on this podcast. I just need to lean on the extended metaphors and everyone will enjoy it. Studying baking by day and finals <laughs> footy by night. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I, I think the way they, they went up to Queensland, they made the best of a difficult situation up there, it galvanized that team to win the way they did against a team like Souths that obviously hadn't been in the grand final for a few years, but were still a pretty seasoned team by that point. Um, to get in that arm wrestle and win a close game, that for me is still number one. But again, it probably depends on how they if they win on Sunday, yeah, how they get that done, right? If if it's some win where they completely neutralize Payne Haas mm-hmm. and Reese Walsh and James Fisher Harris runs for five million meters, maybe, maybe it, it, there's a part that goes, all right, well, not only did you win, but it was an A plus plus because mm. you recognize where the threats were and you completely neutralized them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, to get the three feet first time in 40 years to seal that would be pretty special. But again, I guess it is hard to answer that question without knowing the specifics mm-hmm. of the game. Play. How, um, so you're saying if it's more like the first one, mm. then it's probably better. But if it's more like the second one where they just took the Pearson one very easily, it's probably. Yeah. I think a, a hard one grand final. Yeah. How old were you in 2003, sweeter. by the way? I was six years old. Okay. Matthew. What do you remember yeah. about that? Very little. Fantastic. But no, I, I remember watching it back as a little kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like, I think we taped it or something. And that was the very beginnings of my understanding of what rugby league even was. Like, I remember I had like a little like, plush football. I think it was like from a Macca's or something. Oh my God, had, they need to bring those back. Yeah, They've got to bring yeah, those yeah, back. Yeah. Bring them back. Yeah, I had like the old logos. Like yeah, the old yeah, yeah. We all had one, it. Old Pandas bring one. them oh, back, the you cowards. Bring them, bring them back. back. So good. Um, Jasper, expanding on what Campo asked you, ranking the, te- ranking the three premierships if you win. Mm. we talked about this yesterday i'm not sure if you listened but we talked about um that if they if if they win this then there's they're firmly if not at the very very top of the discussion of the best team ever in the history of this great game where do you sit on that discussion which will inevitably crop up and rage on for weeks if you do win on sunday i did listen and the ship of theseus that meant a lot to me, Matthew. Thank so you. I knew you'd Thank like you. that. Oh, that I, was that's right up it. your alley, isn't it? That was one for the private school boys. Oh, do you it? think yeah. it's the same? Do you think it's the same ship, by the way? Well, I, I know this is again, again a cop out. I think it depends who's moving the pieces. Okay, you know what I mean. If it's if it's if it's Theseus the whole time and he's the architect of the ship, I think I think it is still his ship. Okay. If if, if someone if it's a team of people, that, but maybe is it the team's ship? Look. I know. I, I think it depends on who the architect of the Fair ship, enough. The ship but is. 
in terms of architects greatest, don't, greatest architects don't make ships. Oh, bakers do. Come on, bakers, switch that's on. Right. <laughs> of baker. So would would you would you put them up there at the very top if they win this game? Well, are they the already team, there? Are they already up there? They're already up there for me, in my opinion. Yeah, in terms of the teams that I've seen play the game, yeah, definitely. And, and oh, I don't yeah. think there's any discussion at all for our lifetimes collectively our right lifetime. now. I don't think there is any discussion or debate that can be had. I think that was true last year. But I mean, like, going back into the annals of time. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to compare. But I think, yeah, my gut feel is yes. I think 40 years is the last time that a team won three in a row. And we know how storied those Parramatta teams were under Jack Gibson and how people reflect on on that time. Um, yeah, I mean, you think about Bathurst and George teams of yesteryear and their complete dominance in the game these days. As you guys mentioned the other day, it, it's, it's so different. And I, I think there is something to be said about doing it in this era of sports science and salary caps and six agains and sibilance. Um, but <laughs> no, like I, I think I think absolutely they'll be up there. And and for me, what is remarkable, like you guys said, is the way that the system keeps the, the players keep changing and the system keeps staying the same. Mm. The lack of injuries this team has had is baffling. That's the craziest part about all of this, right? Like, absolutely. I'm like to not to not have a single like, and again, I, you you've had like a couple of minor issues, but like to just always have all those big dogs there for like every game that matters in the past four years at the pointy end is just absolutely remarkable. Like, I can't think of a grand final of the last four, and maybe there is a player. I'm sure I'll be corrected if I'm wrong, but where there was a significant Penrith player who wasn't available through mm. injury or suspension. Yeah. I, I don't think... Where, well, when they were injured, they all just kept playing anyway. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. In, in 2021, Dylan Edwards is playing <laughs> with a broken foot. Like, it just doesn't matter. They just keep doing it anyway. There are two blokes who are carrying injuries into this one. Like, oh, there was actually... T- there was Taylor May last year. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's true. That's a significant against a winger. <laughs> and then Charlie Staines came in and actually played very well anyway. So it didn't matter. Luai and Tongo returned from injury last week. Luai looked really good. Tongo didn't. He did not. Are you worried about Tongo at all? We saw him train. We saw him train today. Tongo was on that right side again. So Luai and him are, are split up. Tongo's out there with uh, Brian Top. Uh, so it's a it's a departure from sort of the norm for him during his time in first grade. He got exposed a couple of times last week. You know Brisbane are going to come at him. Are you worried? Yeah, I, I, I'm not too worried. And I think the exposure on that right, was that a function of playing on the right? Or was that a function of not playing much footy for the last six or seven weeks? He played on the right in that Dolphins game. I think we mentioned today, Kemper, when we were chatting about it. And that was an excellent game from him. He scored that really memorable long-range try. I'm not worried about that aspect. I'm not really even that worried about if he has to sit out. I think Tyrone Peachy has actually done a really good job at centre this year. And I wasn't expecting to, to like him on return. I always liked him when he was first playing at Penrith back in the day, but I kind of thought he might play a couple games and, and be a bit behind the pace. And, you know, he, he's, he's not Isaac Tungor and he's not Stephen Crichton. He's not, he can't compare with the young bucks these days, but I think he's been a really serviceable pickup for them this year. And I wouldn't like what we're saying about this system. Like I wouldn't be worried if Tungor went down. I think it's smart to split them up. Luai and, and Tungor for now, given how little footy both of them have played the last few weeks, but no, as much as I'd love to say Isaac Tonga are out there, and I think he's a fantastic player, I do have faith in the system to recuperate if he if he goes down. That's the process. That's all you got to do. Jasper, what is your prediction for Sunday? I'm going to say that Penrith get out to a fast start, maybe 8-0 after 10, 15 minutes. Eight field goals? Eight field goals, all from Jack Cogger. Nice. Ooh, yep. I like Good. it. I like Thank it. You. Eight, yeah, maybe an 8 0 start. And then I, I think Brisbane, they'll, I think there'll be a time of this game where Brisbane have a window of opportunity to get back into the game. Like I, I can see a, a try that bamboozles the Panthers, some sort of Reese Walsh atrocity, some sort of Reese Walsh magic <laughs> that gets them back into it. Um, I'm going to say Penrith win by 10 points in the end, though. Wow. Big, big give, call. Give us a Clive Churchill medal winner. Yep. It's a narrative-based award, as we know, but there are actually a few really good narratives, I think, going around this team. I mean, look, I'd love to say Jerome Luai, right? Like, playing with a busted shoulder. After the year that he's had, like, what a tumultuous year this bloke has had. 
from being dropped from Origin. That'd go over well with the casual crowd as well. Well, yeah, that's true. But I don't know. I just feel feel like... I feel like it'd be pretty remarkable. Well, Edwards and Cleary have both got theirs already, right? So that does open the field up a little bit. Yeah. And look, if if Brisbane were to win, I could definitely say Payne Haas getting it for the Mm. year he's had. Particularly if he doesn't get the Dally M tomorrow night. Mm. Um, Yeah. I mean, there are so many great stories around this team. But yeah, I'm going to go... Jerome Romy Luai. There you go. The people's champ. God. My he, champ. He's my champ. <laughs> I, 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 whatever you think about Jerome Luai, if that happens, some of the worst people on the internet would be very upset. So I'd be okay with it. No, what if he wins it and then he goes up there and he gives a really gracious speech? And everyone's it, like, well, look, he's just grown up, hasn't he? No, I want him to go up there and recite his best man speech from Brian Totter's wedding <laughs> verbatim, word for word. Rod Churchill has the stinkiest ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got him. Oh, Jasper, that might be the funniest thing anyone's ever said on this show. That's great oh, stuff. Fuck Rod Churchill. Who is, uh, have they announced that yet? Who is giving the medal out? I don't know yet. Jasper, get on it. I think yeah. they have an answer. Of course. I feel, like I, I feel like I did read that the other day. Is it no? All I know is that Sterlow's not doing it because he's golfing. Yeah. He's playing golf. I do but love I, that about Sterlow. I somebody I don't remember who, but somebody rang him a couple of months ago for a story they were working on about Parramatta, and Sterlow, you know, was pretty. He, he called him back and he said, "Look, I'd love to help you out, but I just don't really watch footy anymore." He goes, "I just hang out and go to the beach and play golf all the time. You know, I'm not really checking in." And I was like. Sounds like that's, that's the dream, Sterlo. It's pretty great. Just keep living your life, brother. Doing DoorDash ads. Yep, for sure. Well, yeah, that's true. But he doesn't uh, even spe- he doesn't even speak in the DoorDash ads. He just sits there. Eats his soup. Yeah, he's got it. He's Fantastic. got it. He's got man. He's got it all worked out. Mm. There was one of many footy ads, like ads that come on in the footy. That the first time I watched it, I went, "That's really funny." And then whenever I think that about an ad that comes on in the footy, somewhere in the deep recesses of my brain, I go, "I'm gonna see this ad." Literally hundreds of times with him. Now you now now you doze off at night and singing Friday night food to yourself. Fantastic. Well, yeah, and sometimes I listen back to the Shannon Noll version before State of Origin two as well. If yeah. I'm looking to mix it up, oh. that was ridiculous. That was <laughs> so weird. It was one of the strangest. Yeah, yeah Jasper, Jasper, Jasper was up there with me, and yeah, that was uh, probably the low light of of State of Origin. <laughs> Shannon, <laughs> Shannon, it's when it's Wednesday. <laughs> Oh man! To to get to get this back on the rails a little bit. Um, in terms of like out there, Penrith, Clive Churchill medal winners. I actually think Brian Toto is in with a real, real shot. I was thinking that. I saw someone mention it on on Twitter the other day. His odds are pretty tasty in that. They've already they've already crunched in a fair Ah. bit. He's he's like twenty fives, twenty sixes. That's that's quite short. All the other wingers are fifty to one or further. Um, a winger's never won it. Um, but I, I sort of wrote this in a story that I put up this afternoon. If Brian Toto keeps doing what he's been doing in these in these really big games, then it's gonna. I think it'll be hard to deny him. You know, he um, was fantastic in the twenty twenty one Grand Final. Like I thought, Nathan Cleary deserved the the medal that night, but Toto would have been a worthy runner up. Yeah. And it was the same last year as well. I thought Edwards deserved the medal, but um, mm. Toto again would have been a really, really good choice. He's got 12 tries in 11 finals matches since the since the start of 2020. He scored in each one of the preliminary finals. He scored in two in the grand finals. And over the past three seasons in finals matches, he's averaged 24 carries, 229 meters, and 6.75 tackle busts a game. That's so if he just, That's if he just puts up normal Brian Tot on numbers and scores a couple of tries, maybe the narrative switches to, well, why can't a wing and win it? It's true. Like, why, why can't why can't a winger get it done? Yeah, and oh, oh, and, then, and then Jason Nightingale, who should have won it in 2010, can present him the medal. Fantastic. Well, yeah, and then we can all run yards next week, or we can all say to each other, you know, Jason Nightingale should have been the first winger. I've never stopped Churchill. saying it. I've never stopped saying <laughs> it. He was so good. He was so good that day. Yeah, and I think if a winger is ever going to win it, like when has a winger ever been more important to a game? That's true. In the modern yeah, that's game, true. and when specifically has Toto? You know, a wing, a wing like Toto is so important to what Penrith does. Yeah, yeah, and I and think he, he doesn't need anybody else to play well for him to play well. Like he doesn't need to combine with any of the halves, like any other playmakers, like Nathan Cleary does. He doesn't need to have a couple of try assists like Jerome Luai does. Like it, there's a world where he can win it even without scoring a try. Say he runs for 270 meters or something. Yeah, which he could, which he's done before in Grand. Puts again, a, puts he's a done before in Grand hit on Finals, someone. Like, 
yeah yeah so i, I that, that that's that's uh that's one that i'll be looking to lose money on come sunday love losing money on grand final day it's fantastic. a tradition unlike any other indeed all right uh jasper where can people find your work what's the most obscure regional paper that takes aap content any any diehard readers of the singleton argus will there we know go. my name very well fantastic it's no, it, it's online at all the places that take our copy, and that's everything from Australian Community Media, ESPN, and ABC. So you oh, two blokes know it a little bit us. as well. Have you that's heard of that, right, baby? Yeah. Oh. It, yeah, that's it. Um, Sydney Morning Herald sometimes as well, um, but not the Daily Telegraph. Right? Not the Daily, quite no, famously, not the Daily Telegraph. Martin Journalism Gabor is their He's, newswire. He man. made he made his own newswire. <laughs> the the hey. Moriarty to my Sherlock Holmes, absolutely. There you go. Um, but no, yeah, online and all, all sorts of places like that. The Guardian sometimes as well. Um, okay. and, and there's community papers. Yep. But I do love when like George tweets a story and the link is from like the Dubbo Herald or some shit. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm quite captivated by the idea of you being Sherlock Holmes and Marty being Moriarty. It's a good fit, man. What like I like it. I like it. Let's exploit that one. Construction. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to slow your brain. Okay, it is time for our second semi-final campo. Three who, remain. Who will progress to the round of two? The round of two. Scott Bailey awaits. <laughs> and let's meet our first contestant. Let's go, girls. Come on. She's done it all in the rugby league business, and now she's hoping to crack the code and discover trivia mastery. It's Pam, the Spice Queen, Whaley. Pam, hello. Hi, guys. I'm so excited to get the chance to knock out Scott Bailey. Yeah, excuse me. There's a... You gotta get there first. Thank you very much. I know um, to get the chance to get the chance to get the chance to. I guess. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Well, there is Pam, a chance. Abusing Scott Bailey is one of Pam's hobbies. Yep. Um, and the chance to do it on this big on the biggest stage of all is really just a dream come true. Not just for her, but for fans of making fun of Scott Bailey, of which there are many. <laughs> wow. There's so many of us. It's my favorite. It's yeah. my favorite hobby. Yeah, I mean, I can see why that would be fun if you. If if you like that sort of thing, that's uh, how you feeling, Pam? A bit nervous actually because I know I know Harry's very much a bit mm. of a guru. So um, yeah, it's gonna. I'm having my diet coke here. I've got my Brain <laughs> I've got my caffeine. Have you written um, notes on the other side of the can that I can't see? No, I like not you at actually all. turned the can three sixty on the camera. <laughs> You're like one of those um, the soccer goalkeepers that's got the notes on the water bottle before the penalty shootout. <laughs> there you go. Like slow they your are brain. all over my wall, though. I've got posters yeah. all over the wall, though. That's, that's true. Okay, no, right? Pam, you're not meant to tell us that. Oh. Slow your brain has the kind of integrity that the NRL judiciary could only dream of. That's right. You know? And hard-hitting investigations like that is why. <laughs> oh, well, here we go. He's here to stomp some mud holes and spout some footy facts. And he's all out of mud holes. It's the people's champion, Harry the Damage Ramage. Harold, hello. Gentlemen, Pam, hello. What's doing, mate? You look a bit hot. Look. I've been on roofs all day, so I'm enjoying an icy cold chocolate thick shake. Oh, fantastic. McDonald's. As I call them. We've, we've got all the food groups covered. Diet Coke, Red Bull, chocolate thick shake. Campo, what are you drinking? Water. Body's a temple, brother. Of course. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> that's, that's the one thing I know about Nick Campton. Hates a beer. That's what they say. Uh, Harry, so you've been on the roofs all day, but you could be climbing to the ceiling of life and reaching the pinnacle of this trivia competition is it everything is it been everything you've ever dreamed of so far well it's the only thing i want i don't want to have to tread on former colleague pam to have to do that but if we've got to do that then well, unfortunately 
It's just the way it has to be. It is the way it has to be. All right. Pam, I'll let you choose. Would you like to go first or second? Um, I'll let Harry go first. Wow. Chucking him the ball, saying do something with it. All right. Kuna Barabrand versus Wagga, and there can be only one. Harry, question one. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. Who is the only member of Brisbane's backline who has not scored a try in this year's finals? Uh, Adam Reynolds. One out of one. Good stuff, Harry. Good start. Strong start. Okay, so this is a a, a new type of question. Uh, I'm a Queensland rep, and I've played club footy alongside these men. Caelan Ponga, Neville Costigan, Benji Marshall, and Jack Reed. Is this retired or current? Uh, it, they, uh, it could be either. Okay, so say the names again, please. They have played club footy alongside Caelan Ponga, Neville Costigan, Benji Marshall, and Jack Reed at various points. Oh, this is good. Um, a Queensland rep. Um, Neville Costigan, Jack Reed. I'm thinking like Broncos, Knights. Thank you to a friend of the show, Josh, who came up with the, the, this this question. So. Yeah, this, yeah, this, this is, is really hard. Oh, this my is gosh. One. You've, got one, you've got one coming up, Pamela. Do you know this one, by the way? No. Do you, Nick? No. I'd have to, I'd have to think about this one. Okay, well, you could do that now. <laughs> I am not a contestant here. Uh, you are still on trial in the game of life. Um, how, can I, how can you be on trial in a game? I mean, if it, if it has a gavel, which I do have, so Harry, Harry, what oh, are you I look. This has genuinely floored me. Um, Queensland rep. Um, is it Ben Hunt? I don't know here. Stain Gagai. Ah, oh. played for the Broncos in his first season with Jack Reed. Uh, that was the red herring because you know my first when you listed that right my first thought was I'm gonna guess it's someone from the 2013 Knights because of the Neville Costigan factor correct and then I was like well maybe the are we counting Kurt Mann as like one time 18th man for Queensland or something stupid like you that thought it you overplayed mm. your hand here Harry yeah. yes uh, stick to the fundamentals mate I don't believe Neville Costigan played with Ben Hunt so other I think other than that you would have had three out of Four, wouldn't you? Oh no! Wait, when did Ben Hunt play with Ponga? Doesn't matter either way. No, no, it was, it was club footy. Club footy. Yeah, I've ever thought it. That's okay, mate. One out of two. Which man was the first to win grand finals with three different clubs? The brick with eyes, Glenn Lazarus. Two from three. That, that's an that's an easy one. Yeah, we had to put one in the strike zone after after, after that debacle on the second question. This, this, Typical. All right, question four. Aside from Manly's 40 nil shellacking of Melbourne in the 2008 grand final, what is the biggest margin of victory in an NRL decider? 1975. NRL era decider. NRL era? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, biggest margin would be the 2017 decider, I believe. Three from four. Yeah. Well done, Harry. And last question. Which team had the lowest home gate at a game this year? Oh, which team had the lowest home gate? Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to say, going to go out on a tangent here. I'll go, it was a Bulldogs home game at Bundaberg versus Redcliffe. Unbelievable. Fucking oath host. That was That's a how you do it. That's how you do it, brother. (laughs) Holy shit. Did you know that one, Pam? No, I did not. I knew the Knights one. Oh, that was about it. Oh, that's why why Ramage is the favourite. Four out of five. (laughs) And the question he got wrong had a Knights player in it. Fantastic. Uh, Pam, you need four to tie. Are you ready? Question. No. Who is the the only member of Penrith's forward pack to score a try in this year's finals? Um, Leah Martin. One from one. Good start, Pam. That's what you needed. Now, here's your tricky I played question. Are you ready? I am a New South Wales rep, and I've played club footy alongside 
Kieran Foran, Benji Marshall, Sean Johnson, and Jake Arthur. Oh, my God. So a couple of those guys have obviously moved around a lot too, which makes it tricky. Okay. So Kieran Foran. Yep. Benji Marshall. Yep. Jake Arthur. And who was the other one? SJ. And SJ. Okay. So Foran could be Manly Para, <laughs> Bulldogs, Titans. If it was named Kieran is... Foran's clubs, you'd be doing great. <laughs> uh, this is really hard. Benji. Oh. Damn, this won't help, Benji's but I think I've got it. This is the first time I'm hearing the question, but I'm, I think I've nailed it. So good work, Nick. Take that confidence and Nick, could use you it yourself. Privately message me the answer. Can you telepathically send it to me or I'm trying. I'm me. trying, man. Damn. Wow. Harry is just nonchalantly sipping his milk. Do you know it, Harry? Nah. I've genuinely Oh wow. Okay. This is yeah. Oh, there's just too many clubs. I'm trying to nail one down. Cause even Jake. So Jake, that's either para or manly, which narrows it down a little bit more. Um, uh, that is correct, Nick. Cool. Nice. Ooh, I think. Say the names again, Matt. Sure. Uh, Kieran Foran, Benji Marshall, Sean Johnson, Jake Arthur played for New South Wales. I think I've got it. Oh. <laughs> is this going to be one of is those? Is this making you feel better, Pam, or worse? Um, uh, I feel. I don't know. Nah, yeah, I've got no idea. Don't pass. You've got to guess someone. You can't pass. The only thing worse than getting it wrong is passing. George Clark passing on a question. I've never been more disappointed in him. Mm. Mm. Okay. I'm going to take a guess. Well, I'll take a guess. And Jake Arthur is the one I think I can narrow that down. So I'm guessing that it's Manly, someone at Manly. And the only, and there's only a few players at Manly who have played at a lot of clubs. And Aaron Woods is one of them. She's got it. She's got it. Worthy for for three. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. I'll tell you, that Scott, is how you do it. Scott Pam. Bailey's at home. That is how this. you do it. He's terrified because a, a, some a juggernaut is coming out of this semi-final. What Goodness the hell? me! Great work, Pam. All right, question three. This was a Jasper Bruce special. Holy shit! In the okay. 1996 World Sevens, the Gold Coast ARL team was briefly known by what other name, prompting the chance of legal action from a television show? Um, uh, I actually don't know this. A television show. Yeah. The Gold Coast. I'll give you a hint. It's not the Chargers. So it was a different name for the Gold Coast team that they used very briefly. Mm. I actually did not oh. know this until Jasper asked me the question. Um, television show. No, I don't know this. Um, I'll just take a guess. Um, a television show. So what year was it? Uh, it was 1996. The Gold Coast okay. Neighbours. I was going to tell her that was the actual answer as a Gold Coast <laughs> She got it wrong, you piece of shit. I was actually <laughs> going to tell her that the answer was the Gold Coast Neighbours. <laughs> the Gold Coast Glamours. I don't know here. Did you know this one, Harry? Yes, I did, and my heart fluttered for a brief moment because she was so damn close to blurting it out. Yeah. It is the Gladiators. The Gold Coast yeah. Gladiators. Okay, look, that makes a lot of sense, and I I really did not know that. I'll tell you what's really, what was very, like, an amazing coincidence. Like, literally the day after Jasper sent me this question, and again, I had no idea about this, in our sports merchandise channel on our Discord server, someone posted a link to a guy who had got his hands on a Gold I Coast. Saw this. Yeah. Not in the Discord, but I saw it come up on my Facebook too. So Amazing. Incredible. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you didn't get that question then because that wouldn't have been fair. But regardless, Pam, <laughs> two out of three, two to go. You need them both. Gold Coast Glamours is a good name for like an Gold Coast Glamours is something. a great name. Yeah. 
or a netball team. Yeah, it's not no, bad. What, no, I need my beloved Sunshine Coast Lightning. They they own that area, as far as I'm concerned. All right, Pam. Question four: Across the first three seasons mm-hmm. of the NRLW, Brisbane only lost one game. Who was it against? It was the Warriors. Three from four. I remember that game. She needs this Huge for time. the tiebreaker. Which team had the highest home gate at a game this year? Oh, um, I don't know. I guess the Knights. I don't know here. It's the Dolphins, and Harry Ramage moves oh. on to the Knights. Well done, what kind of, of guess was that? Yeah. Thank you, Pam. Oh, that was a good time. Harry Campo's outraged at this guess of Knights. Like the Knights don't even have the biggest stadium. That's a good point. You know, I, I actually thought, remember the doubleheader in Perth? That was second. That was second. That's, I was going to say, like, South, like, would have, like, tried to claim 50,000 for that. Wait, was that, a, was that a night, was that a night's home game? No. It, oh, was, it, was... A, it was a Dolphins. Oh, so and, they, they, they had the top two then. There you go. Yeah, and, and, and South technically, and that was but, technically uh, the South home yes, game. It was, uh, it was the Dolphins game against the Broncos. Oh, 51,000 no, I, I was thinking Perth was a home game. I had the, uh, I had the tiebreaker question ready for oh, you. It was a good tiebreaker too. <laughs> a great tiebreaker. I wanted to slightly tweak it. So Campo wanted you both to name Harry 97, Pam 01, as many of the 17 as possible. I wanted to do a draft format where either of you can name a player from either of those grand finals. And once you've named them, they're off the board and the first one to miss loses. <laughs> Um, I feel like I would have lost there too. I think Harry could name all 34 players. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Knights in 97, I don't think they even used um, <laughs> 17 players. I think they only used 16. Well, there you go. They did use 17 players, Harry, you dunce. You Shout fool. out Scott Conlon. Troy Fletcher, Scott Conley, Steve Crow, Lee Jackson. That was the bench. You should know this. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Lee Jackson, one of the worst passes that led to a line break in NRL history. <laughs> Dead set as forward as the Reese Walsh pass from the weekend. <laughs> Even fat. Oh, well, that's gone forward. <laughs> Terrific oh, that was stuff. The, that was the fat, though. And the fat's word in 97 was lore. I can't believe yeah. they let play continue. That's true. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, this is the end of the road for Pam Whaley. Would you like to say anything to your fans? You, you, you captured the hearts and minds of the Boom Rookies Nation on this on this run to the round of four. But it ends here. I am sorry I've let you guys down. I've let myself down. Um, <laughs> but I'm so excited for Harry to smash Scotty next week. <laughs> I mean, I think the best we've got the best person through um, who can challenge Scott Bailey for this title because we can't see that happen. Harry, no pressure, mate, but. Oh, I'm feeling it all now. We're just going to get the job done, though. That's what it's about. Look at him. He's literally put the shades on as soon as he's won. As he drives off. He's, driving over, to Scott, he's driving over to Scott's place now to beat him up. Yes. Society yeah. locked Harry away for his brutal crimes, and he's here to take revenge. That's right. Scott Bailey. Could you imagine how unsufferable Scotty would be if he won next week? That's all right. He's not going to. Wow. Uh, if there was anyone but my one of my cl- dearest and closest friends, Harry Ramage, I would consider rigging it for Scott, but I won't do that. So it's fine. <laughs> All right. We we did it, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, well, oh, before you go, quick picks for all three grand finals on Sunday. Pam? Um, the Titans uh, and Penrith. Uh, there's three grand finals, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I don't even know. He's going to pick not South, satisfied. Not South. Yeah, that makes sense. You're not picking the Knights. I'm very confused. No, I think, I honestly think that I've thought all year that the Titans would wow. would win the Premiership. That's integrity. You could learn a thing or two about that, Nicholas. Keep your biases at the door. Hey, mate. I will when you will. <laughs> no, well, fuck no. Uh Harry? I'm really torn on this decider because I've thought all year if Brisbane really want it, there's the premiership for them to win. But when it comes to big games I've learned over the years that you just have to trust the team that's been there and done it. And that's the other it's Brisbane's job to beat them rather than, you know, Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna tip Penrith to win. 
Yeah. And then I will tip, obviously, the NRL, uh, the NRLW will be the Knights. Um, and the East Tigers. The, the, just back to the Grand Old Club. This segment is over. Good day. Thanks, both of you, for coming <laughs> on there. Bye, guys. Thank you. Campo, in this game's great and lengthy history of three weeks, that's easily the best game we've had. Without, without doubt. And it was so impressive that I even forgot to heckle them a little bit, which I apologize for. But, uh, you know, sometimes even sometimes even the haters need a day off. Jasper, your gladiators question ended up being the difference. How do you feel? Excellent, because I wrote those questions on AAP Company Time, so it's good to see that they created a little bit of havoc. Fantastic. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, and uh, you, are you, will you be rooting for your colleague, Scott Bailey, or for Harry Ramage, who you've probably never met in the grand final? I'm going to have to go for Scott Bailey. I think, isn't that a tradition that the bloke that knocks you out What's true to go for, and yep. you know what? This make, does make me feel a bit better about bungling my one opportunity in the limelight mm-hmm. and and falling to Scott Bailey. The fact that he's gone all the way to the grand final, at least I can kind of live with myself now. That's fair, and I, I, I guess as long as the trophy comes home to House AAP, that's all that really. He's going to say like the the the, the the staff at AAP tuning in like they're mm-hmm. the bloody like they're the control room at NASA or something like that. Scotty gets <laughs> up. Everyone's shaking hands. People are taking their ties off. You know, George is in tears in the corner. You know, someone stands and salutes. Fantastic. What a moment. I don't know what it says about the rest of us, though, that a bloke who is at the ashes for the majority of this season wins a competition based around trivia for mostly this rugby league season. Like, I don't know what that would say. Well, if you were someone who has said to me several times how seriously they take their trivia and you weren't able to get over the top of that bloke, I imagine it would feel pretty bad, Jasper. That's true. But that's just what that's just me. Yeah. Well, mm. you know, when, when when you guys do NRL Boom Rookies European Capital Cities trivia or something like that, I'll I'll be here with bells on because that'll be a hot field. That'll oh, be that'll be that'll be that'll be you you against Matt Coleman in a geography pervert off. It'll be fantastic. Okay. Can't bloody wait. Thank you to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon Suki service. If you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com forward slash rookies. You get access to our Discord server. An extra show, usually not this week because you're getting a thousand shows anyway. Uh, merchandise discounts, entry next year's Coltrane Cup, plenty more. So thank you to Chris Avnell, Dave, Rocky and Rathi, Stu, Wayne the Old Coot. According to Phil Gould, the Bulldogs are still boycotting the Dally M's. Alex Sergicomi, Broncos legend Adam Reynolds. It's all caps, I have to yell it. Bruce the Pom, Bullet Tooth Tony and his good friend Desert Eagle.50. Butsy, Chewbacca Snuffleupagus, Dan Cullinane, do it for Stacey Jones, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backup, Ed Burton, future Clive Churchill medalist, Billy Walters. Grizzly Adams did have a beard. I also went to school with Bungard, Jason, Joe, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, kicks ass out of the comp, Lachlan Hancock, Ladrick, lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles Speedbook, Mads, Taylor's version, Man, Haas, Toto, Drinkwater, Matthew Duggan, Michael, a boom, 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 let me say, hey, oh, hey, Murray. Mr. Beefy Morgan Watkins. My name is Matt Bongard, and I love Taylor Swift. My ding ding dong is hard, and I'm sad. Never trendy. Pat McManus, Pete Fulcher, Reese Brown, Roxanne Clark, Scores wants Stuart sacked. See you in Vegas. Shunter Ty. Thank you too, Chris Adnell, Dave, Rocky, Ruffy Stew, the Black Vegetable. The outro music is such a vibe on 1.75 speed. Thor, Tom Hardy, Was, and Westlife's podcast end the Pasco fiasco. Thank you so much, and everyone in the lower tiers, and everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. Jasper, do you ever listen to podcasts at one point times one one point five speed or anything like that? Yeah, sometimes I do, but like what I did it for fuck, a while. Man? No, I did it for a while, but, and I couldn't figure out how to change it. So I'm a bit of a boomer with technology. So it was okay. You're back. You're back in my. You're back me, in my good graces. It took me a while to realize it was even one point five. It's like why is everyone talking so fast and a little bit high? So. Yeah, people can't see this, but they've actually both got the cat filter on their pictures on Zoom right now <laughs> because they don't know how to turn it off. So fantastic. <laughs> All right, we will be I back. Told, I told you that in confidence. <laughs> we will be back tomorrow with uh, question time. I'm excited for our draft. Uh, Jasper, we're doing a, we'll be doing a very special grand final week draft. Uh, should I tell them what it is now? No, you shouldn't. All right, I won't. I'll tell Jasper afterwards. But we'll be back with question time, uh, and then we'll be back with a couple more shows later in the week. Jasper, thank you again. Where can people find you online if they want to tweet you out? Is it, what is your Twitter handle? Jasper Bruce three is my name. I'm not. I'm not much of a. I'm not. I'm not a prolific tweeter or prolific exer, as it were. Um, but that's that's where you can find me if you want to All right. say good day. Excellent. All right. Say goodbye, Jasper. Bye, guys. Enjoy your grand final football. Say goodbye, Campo. Goodbye, Bertrand. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>